0: And welcome to Family History Modernized, the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed, and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life, and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. I am so excited to be here today. I have been thinking about starting this podcast for a really long time and for some reason who would have thought that starting a podcast is also incredibly scary and vulnerable and it's a little bit hard to put myself out here but I feel really strongly about it and I have one of my favorite podcasters her name is Allison Faulkner from Awesome with Allison she says build what you feel called to build And for some reason, I keep getting this nudging that I need to build this. So, I really am so happy to have you here and I'm excited to share all of the amazing people who I have come in contact with and who have taught me and inspired me. And I hope that the same is true for you. A little bit about me. My name is Jessie and I have four crazy, awesome, very, very energetic children. My husband is a seminary teacher, and we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I absolutely love the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I am also super passionate about my ancestors and learning about my family. I'm definitely not perfect at doing my family history, so don't worry if this is something that you struggle with. It's a good thing that you're here, and I hope that something I teach you or that you hear from my interviewees will inspire you and get you excited about getting started and really learning about these people who have come before you. After my second child was born, I really started getting into family history and I was inspired to attend a family history class put on in my church building and it was taught by this really old lady who just had this passion for family history and she was a great teacher and because of what she taught and the way in which she taught it, I was inspired by the spirit to really look into this and make it a priority in in my life. And at the time I had a little toddler and a baby, and there were so many people in my ward who told me to not get into family history. (laughs) They said, this is something that old people do and you will have plenty of time to do this when you're older. And I, you can ask my parents, but I've always had a little bit of a rebellious streak in me and I didn't want to listen to them. I didn't want to wait until I was 80 years old to start learning about my family. So I proved them wrong and that has been my goal ever since, to show them and everybody really that family history, first of all, doesn't have to take over your life. And second of all, that you can start at any any time of your life. There, there's definitely times when you can devote more time of it time to family history. But I believe that no matter what stage of life you're in, what season of life you're in, there's always time to, that you can always make time for it. And I'm excited to show you tips and tricks and ways that I do it in my own life. Since then, I have taught a 14-week family history course. In two different words, three times, so I've done that multiple times. I've attended lots of family history conferences, created a handful of family history YouTube videos. I launched Miss Genealogy and later Family History Modernized with my friend Carissa. And we started throwing family history girls night outs, which were a blast. So shout out to any of you who came to one of those. And then we taught a class together at Roots Tech, which is the largest family history conference in the world, which was incredibly terrifying yet rewarding and it helped me to grow in so many ways but our class was titled throwing the perfect family history party and we had such a great time teaching that we started out our class by playing hello by adele and in case you've never associated that song with family history work you should totally go back and listen to it and just think about family history work while you're listening to it it's going to become your new favorite song (laughs) um Yeah, so that's a little bit of how I've become so immersed in the family history world. I absolutely love it. I've been an ambassador at RootsTech over the years, and I've had the pleasure of meeting so many amazing people who many of them I am interviewing later on in the podcast, and they will be able to share their wisdom and knowledge with you. So I cannot wait. I have so many. There's just so many incredible people out there. We live in an amazing world, and it really is an exciting thing. One of my favorite quotes comes from President Boyd K. Packer, who taught, Family history work has the power to do something for the dead. It has an equal power to do something to the living. Family history work has a refining, spiritualizing, tempering influence on those who are engaged in it. And I absolutely love that quote. I think it's so inspiring, and just is it shows me further proof that I don't have to wait until I'm 80 years old to start this and if I if I start now then I am able to claim those blessings that he talks about and I absolutely know that they're true and I've seen it in my own life where I can see that I have more patience with my children and there's so many amazing blessings that come from doing family history work and I honestly don't know why why you'd want to wait okay so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how I've come to love family history work so much, and then I'll tell you what you can expect from this podcast. So my fascination with family history started really when I was small, and I owe a lot of that love and fascination to my Grandma Carol. She is the mother of eight amazing children. She has lots and lots of grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and she was very intentional about the time that we spent together as a family. She made sure that we, whoever could come and was available to come every year, at least once a year, to Idaho for a family reunion, and she would gather all of us together, which is was not an easy task, but she would gather us together and sit us down, and she was so creative in the ways in which she taught us the stories of our ancestors. She would have our moms and dads put on little skits or um, dress up like our ancestors, and tell us stories of the people they were dressed up as. She made lots of little scrapbooks full of pictures of our ancestors and she would show us the pictures and tell us their stories and she would tell us stories from her own childhood and she made that such a priority. I can't think of a time when I was with her that she didn't talk about our family and our ancestors and our heritage and so much of everything we had was because of the way in which our ancestors lived and the sacrifices that they made and it was, it was very inspiring to me, and even though, like I talked about earlier, I had a little bit of a, or I do have a bit of a rebellious streak in me, as a teenager, I was not very willing to listen to Grandma, and I was a little bit annoyed, and I would think in my mind, why does Grandma have to talk about our ancestors every time we're together? Doesn't she know that we know these stories, and we've heard this before, <laughs> And I definitely didn't have the best attitude as a teenager. But then, like I talked about earlier, when my second child was born, I just really felt this pull to my ancestors. And I wanted to learn about these people who had come before me and who had sacrificed so much so that I could have the life that I do. And it was amazing how many times I could recall once I was out of that awful teenage stage. (laughs) I was able to think back and realize how much time and effort Grandma put into that and making sure that we knew and loved our family. So, Grandma, I can't thank you enough, and I love you for your testimony and for the way in which you taught us and showed us the the love that you have for our ancestors. So, thank you, thank you. Oh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my Grandma, too, because... It wasn't. She wasn't just obsessed with our ancestors, though. She did have a very strong burning testimony. She also was an amazing cook. And one of my favorite dishes that she made was Chinese noodles, which is basically noodles with chicken and chicken broth, sliced green onions, hard-boiled eggs, soy sauce. And it's, it may sound strange to you, but it was my absolute favorite thing that she made us. And every time we went there, she'd always cook up a big, steaming pot of Chinese noodles, and it's still one of my favorite meals to this day. She also is an incredible game player, and we had so much fun as a family playing games, particularly nerds. If any of you out there know how to play nerds, then come on over because that's one of my favorite games, and she loves cube as well. She grew the most delicious fresh raspberries in her garden. She's super proud of her country and loves loves everyone around her. She's very charitable and is an amazing example to me. She is partly why I am obsessed with my family and my family history. My grandma Carol, she was married to my grandpa Joe and my grandpa, he also had a really incredible heritage, which my grandma Carol would teach us about both sides of their family. It wasn't just directed towards her side of the family. She taught us about both sides and my grandpa's family, they came from Lebanon. So my grandpa was one eighth Lebanese. And as a child, I thought that was pretty much the coolest thing ever. And I told all of my friends that I was 116th Lebanese. And to this day, I still will tell people that. So if you're ever playing a game and you need to know a fun fact about me, that's the one I'll share because I feel really connected to my Lebanese ancestors. So my great-great-grandpa, his name was Thomas Abu Haider, and he came to America from Baskin to Lebanon. And when he came here, the story gets a little bit muddled, so... Since it was a while ago, we're not totally sure on the details. But his name was changed to Thomas George, which is my maiden name. And like I said earlier, I've always been incredibly fascinated with my Lebanese heritage. And I have some really cool stories to share with you about my Lebanese ancestors and how I have come to know them even more. I have a really cool story to show you how my Lebanese ancestors have become even more real in my life and how I met some of their direct descendants. So in 2014, my husband and I were getting ready to go on a trip to North Carolina to visit my aunt and uncle who I now need for before we got married. And I was really excited about this trip because I hadn't been back since since I had lived there and my husband had never been out there before. And a few weeks before leaving... I felt really strongly that I needed to search out this particular family line and research more about my great-great-grandpa's siblings. So in doing so, I discovered that so many of his sister's children were buried in North Carolina, very close to where we were going. And looking back, and even at the time, I just couldn't even call it a coincidence because I knew that the spirit of Elijah was working in my life and that miracles were happening. But I started doing some research and discovered that that there were living relatives still in North Carolina, and they lived in New Bern, which was about a four hour drive from where we were staying. So I found an obituary listing some surviving relatives, which that's just one more reason that family history work is so amazing. And we think that these records that are so old and we can hardly read, we sometimes may wonder what the importance of them are, But there's so many little clues that you can gather as you're looking at these records. And this was one of them. I was able to find an obituary, like I said. And in that obituary, those obituaries are gold. And you can find so many amazing details in there. But I was able to look up some living people. And through a quick Google search, I was able to find a number to call. And I was terrified, kind of like how I am starting this podcast. (laughs) It's scary sometimes to put yourself out there and to be vulnerable and to do something that you've never done before. But I called this number. I had no idea if they would know anything about me, if it was even the right family, but I took a chance and the sweetest lady answered the phone. She had this amazing Southern accent and she, she was super sweet. And when I explained to her who I was, She was absolutely stunned and she couldn't believe that she had distant cousins living out West. She had never heard about us before. Honestly, she was probably a little bit skeptical of me and of what I was doing. She maybe was a little bit worried. I don't know, but I told her that I was coming out to North Carolina with my husband and my little baby and that I would absolutely love to meet her. And if there was any other living relatives around her and she was so compassionate and loving to this absolute stranger that she had no idea existed. And she gave us her address. She invited us to a family. It was basically like a mini family reunion. And so for part of our trip, we drove out to New Bern, North Carolina and we pulled up to this house. We walked in and we were greeted with hugs and so many photos and stories and an authentic Lebanese meal cooked by her 95 year old aunt. I mean, it was, it was like a dream walking in there and being surrounded by these people who I had never met before, but it was a testimony, a testament to me of the power of family history work and how it can not only bless those who have gone before us, but it can bless us right now. Just like that quote that I shared earlier, it really does strengthen and bless and unite us as a people living here on this earth right now. And it it was such an amazing experience and something that I will never forget. I'm still in contact with them today. And I just, looking back, I am just amazed that it all was able to be pulled off and that we were able to do that. It is my hope that I can teach you some things that might help you to get to know um, ancestors and living relatives who you may not even know exist, that I can help inspire you to get excited about family history work. That's my goal to get you fired up. So let's do this. So before you go, I just wanted to let you know that each, so the first three weeks in the month, I will be sharing an interview with one of these amazing people that I've talked about. And then the last week of the month, you can expect, a a bunch of my favorite tips and tricks on family history work so i'm going to be calling the segment techie tips and then i'll also throw in a few favorite quotes or if i've read any good talks lately there's so so much good information out there and i just want to share all of it with you so that you have a wealth of knowledge and that your testimony can be enhanced on family history work my goal with this podcast is not to overwhelm you or to make you feel guilty that is definitely not my intention But my goal is to encourage an interest in the people who came before you. They really did live and they had dreams, goals, ambitions, hardships, and trials. They laughed and they cried and they lived. And I really want this to be a reminder to you that when we get to know them, we will be blessed. And when we meet them, which I truly believe we will, it will be a joyous, warm welcome maybe even the most glorious reunion of your life. You guys, thanks so much for being here. It means the world to me to be able to share my passion for family history work with all of you. If you haven't done so yet, feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Family History Modernized. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at familyhistorymodernized at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how you are getting fired up about family history work. See you next week.